Matthew chapter 15, we're going to read from verse 21. It is the story of the Canaanite woman. Are you ready? If you're all ready, say aye. Matthew 15, verse 21 through 28. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer her a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied. But even the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Let's pray. God, thank you for this example of self-sacrifice and motherhood and for the promise of healing the children's bread and for the picture of faith that she is not only to mothers today on Mother's Day, but to all of us. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come by your anointing. Come by your anointing tonight. Move in power. Without you, nothing of eternal consequence will happen. Do what you love to do. If you have the freedom to pray in the Holy Spirit, go ahead and do that right now. And we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We do have notes for you. Here's a woman who comes to Jesus. She's a Canaanite. She's a Gentile. And she really is a picture of self-sacrifice and motherhood. She had a lot of things to overcome. She overcomes all of her obstacles. She overcomes all of her obstacles? Yeah, she overcomes all of her obstacles. There's a number of obstacles that she has. And I want you to fill them in the notes as we move along. Has anybody got any obstacles in your life? Maybe a few? Obstacles are God's opportunity to catapult you into the next thing that He has for you. You just got to look at it differently. The first thing she has to overcome is that she's a woman. Now, We don't have any problem with women being in ministry. My wife carries the same anointing that I do. We're married. We're two in one flesh. But the fact is, in the first century, women, they were considered slaves, basically. They had no rights. They could not vote. They were basically written off. How many of you are thankful that things have changed? They couldn't work in the temple. They couldn't be in ministry. They, they couldn't vote. 
She overcame the fact that she was a female or a woman. She, secondly, she overcame her race. The Gentiles at this time were without covenant rights. At this time in history, when this took place, Gentiles had no covenant rights. Now afterwards, when Jesus would take the sin of the world upon Himself, die and rise again from the grave, it is then that we got covenant rights. But this is prior to that. So here you have a Gentile. She's not a Jew, a Syrophoenician. She was a she come from a pagan background. In fact, you can write that number three. She had to not only come, number one, the fact that she was female, number two, the fact that she was a Gentile, but number three, she had to overcome her past. She was a Canaanite. She was the descendant, a long line of idol worshipers. You think you came from a rough home. I mean, most of us, if we were raised in America, you know, most of us have a, a Christian background in there somewhere. She didn't have any of that that we could tell. A Syrophoenician. She had to overcome her past, a Canaanite a descendant of Baal worshippers and Astarte worshippers. She had to overcome, fourthly, she had to overcome silence. What do you mean silence? Have you ever asked somebody a question and they just look off into space? They don't look at you. They don't say zip. Excuse me, do you know what time it is? And they just stand there. You know they heard you, but maybe they were deaf, so you might say it again. Excuse me. And they still don't... This lady talked to Jesus and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You help me. My daughter, she's demonized. And it says in the text that Pastor Jesus answered her not a word. In other words, didn't turn to her and say, no, you're a Gentile, you're out. He didn't say anything to her. It's just silent. She had to overcome that. Rejection. You can put silence or, or rejection. I'll put rejection as number five. She over overcome rejection. I suppose if you were to put number six, she had to overcome offense. That's not the thing that's out in front of your yard. Offense is being all bent out of shape because of what somebody did. How did she overcome? How are we going to overcome the obstacles that are before us? How did she overcome? Well, she overcame by faith. She overcame by faith, and Jesus commended her for her faith. There's only two people spoken of in Scripture as having great faith. The centurion in Matthew chapter 8, verse 10, and this woman right here in Matthew 15. She's a picture of what faith in Jesus can do. Faith in Jesus can change your entire situation. Faith in Christ, believing, standing on His Word, Overcoming the obstacles that are before you. Your whole life can change if you have faith. So she teaches us about faith. The first thing I want to say is faith is perseverance. Write it in the notes. Faith is perseverance. I remember hearing somebody who was telling me about a prayer meeting that they'd been having for years in this particular church. And there's this man who never, ever missed. Actually, his name is Brother Yuichi in Hawaii. Brother Yuichi. He's, I think he's 80 now. He doesn't ever miss prayer. He doesn't ever, ever miss prayer. Now, he's not the most, he's not the loudest, most fervent praying guy that's in the prayer meeting. 
very rarely coming with a word from the Lord or any of that stuff. He's just there. And in talking with somebody, he said, well, prayer was like hardly any faith in that place. I was like, what are you talking about? Well, I mean, I'm his brother Yuichi. I mean, he was there, but I will well, that's faith. I mean, he's there. Well, I mean, he always comes. Yeah, that is faith. Perseverance is faith. Continuing to show up. Continuing to do your best. Continuing to get up every morning. That is faith. She was persevering. Faith is perseverance. She wouldn't stop. Luke 18 talks about the man of importunity. King James Version. Comes and knocks on the neighbor's door asking for bread. But the widow with the coin, the widow with the unjust judge, faith is perseverance. Some of you have thrown in the towel because you've been praying for six months. Give me a break. Hold on and keep holding on. Once you know what God's will is, you pray it. And then you just trust him to bring it about. Perseverance. Everybody say perseverance. She could have turned away when he was quiet to her. Pastor Jesus didn't even look at her. She could have got rejected and left. She persevered. She persevered. She knew that God was good. She understood, really, the, the parable, by the way. She perceived who Jesus was. Faith is persevering. When she says, Jesus, Son of David, that is a, a, a statement that's pregnant with revelation. And we just read that, Jesus, Son of David. Oh, yeah, he's Jesus, Son of David. He's Son of David, lineage of David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. When the Syrophoenician says, Jesus, Son of David, when the blind man says, Jesus, Son of David, what they're saying is basically this. I know that you're the Messiah, that you're the promised one, that you would come, that you'd be, be the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies. Jesus, I know that you're him. I know that you're him. That's what she's saying. Jesus, Son of David. So faith is not only perseverance, faith is perceiving. She knew who he was. She understood the parable. She understood rights. She understood covenant by the fact that she says, yes, that's exactly right. But even dogs eat from the master's table. She understood that as a Gentile, I mean, Jesus spoke a parable. Jesus spoke a parable and said, Healing, basically, is the children's bread, and you're not one of the children. Healing belongs to the children. I mean, that's a great scripture to stand on when you need healing. Just say, hey, you know what? I'm your child. Healing's the children's bread. Lord, release healing in my life. I'm one of your children. Any, any children of God out there, you've received Jesus, all right? Then healing belongs to you. It's a covenant right. Come on, He's Abba, Father. He's your daddy in heaven, and He wants to bless you wants to heal you, wants to help you. She understood that and she understood that she had no rights to the no rights to the bread. She understood that she didn't have any of that. She understood the, the parable. But she also understood that she knew that God was good. I said it this morning and I've used to say it a lot, but you know, God is good, devil bad. God good, devil bad. God's for you. He really is. And she humbled herself. She humbled herself. I mean, she acknowledged, yeah. She's kneeling at his feet is the picture. It's what the text says. It's the, it's the great paradox of the kingdom. If you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. 
If you give, then it's given to you. If you lay down your life, then you receive one. Did you catch that? Christianity is a paradox. If you humble yourself, then God raises you up. If you exalt yourself, then you get put down. Pride comes before a fall. If you give, then it will be given unto you. It's not a principle of the world. You read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. Those are principles of the kingdom. Totally contrary to the principles of the world. She humbled herself and her faith releases God's power. Everybody say faith releases God's power. Look, the devil hates you. He's out to hurt you. He doesn't like you. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And apparently, her daughter was demonized, and this mother was undone. Was, was broken over the fact that her daughter needed healing and knew that the Messiah was their son of David. Humbled herself. I mean... You could spit on her. You could have done anything because the fact is she wasn't going to be turned away from her breakthrough. You know, I've shared these stories many, many times before, but when you have kids and somebody steps over the line and hurts your children, including the enemy. I mean, I I, I remember when Hannah was born and I don't want to go into the whole story, but I thought I knew how to pray. I mean, I really thought I knew what it was to get a hold of the garment of, of heaven, the garment of Jesus, and I, I suppose I did, but I might have ripped it that day. I cried out. I cried out. I, I, I mean, I, I left all consciousness of where I was and self-composure. I broke in half. I took my alabaster box, I smashed it and tap danced on it and poured it out. Everything, because my my daughter was possibly facing death and I had a prophetic word that she was going to live. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And I I had people from the church, there was, oh, I don't know, not exaggerating, probably 60 or 70 intercessors took over the hospital. That, that was the most Pentecostal hospital. The, that, that third, I think it's the third floor of Maori Memorial. The place rumbled with tongues. You, if you, I don't know what everybody else was thinking, but you open up the door, it's just... The place is just going crazy. Praying and interceding. I cried out in the, for this procedure that wasn't working. When it finally took place and I got the miracle, I sort of came to my consciousness. I was lying on the floor, soaked with sweat, completely broken in half. God gave me a miracle. When, 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 when the enemy begins to mess with a part of your life, you realize that you have rights and that he doesn't listen. You don't have to tolerate what God's given you authority to, 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 to evict. So many people tolerate things. This, this will, the devil had been messing with her daughter, and she says, it's Mother's Day, and I ain't going to have it. Now, I don't think it was Mother's Day because it wasn't invented until, I don't know, Hallmark came around or something. And, oh, Mother's Day is a great day. It really is. 
Really, every day should be Mother's Day and Father's Day. Every day should also be Easter. Her faith releases God's power. And her daughter is healed. What if, what if somehow you got a hold of some fresh faith that pressed in that caused somebody's daughter or maybe your own daughter or your own son or your family to be healed because you pressed in? Faith is a, is a, a rich inheritance given to our children. I want you to look at this scripture with me, Second Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 5. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you. Fascinating. Fascinating passage of Scripture. Faith that was in the grandmother, then in the mother, now in you. I will tell you the greatest inheritance that you can get or give is that which is of faith. Great faith. Great faith. It's not money. Money's nice. But if you have money with no faith, I'd take the faith. Faith is, a, is, a, is something that you can pass on to your kids. And in fact, you are passing on with the way that you're living, the way that you're acting, the way that you're believing, the way that you're praying, the way that you're reading the Word or not. You're passing that on. There is an impartation that you're giving to your kids. You've got to ask yourself this question. Is it an, an inheritance of rich faith that cannot be moved by circumstances or rejection or situation or silence? Is it a faith like that? I want to pass faith on like that. You know, the other day when the other day when my my wife was headed for ICU, the bags were packed. I had launched every intercessor prayer network I know of across the globe. Everyone that I'm connected with and anybody that knows me, Europe, South America, North America, Asia, Antarctica. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know anybody in Antarctica. I mean, everybody I know, uh, Japan, everybody I know, I said, you've got to pray for my wife. She's going to ICU. We have a problem. It's a major problem. We tried to keep it on the low, low with the kids. But then really it got to the place where we realized, well, maybe we shouldn't. We just really need to get after God. And in the moments before we left to go to the hospital, I got on my face and began to weep. In other words, you know, I, I could be strong and full of faith, a rock of Gibraltar, unmoved. But then there comes a place where strong is hit the deck and cry like a baby till God comes. That is strong. And I just got to the place where I realized, I, I, uh, no, you know, God, you've got to come now. And I began to weep and I got down on my knees and I began to cry. And I know for a fact that my kids were looking right at me at that very same moment. Their daddy on the ground crying and weeping and calling on Jesus and praying in tongues. And God was touching Danny. And not to embarrass you, son, but he looked up and said, Jesus is touching me, daddy. Hannah was on the couch. We were praying. Presence of God. Fire of heavens in our home. 
Karen hunched over the table. We're waiting for the phone call so she'd go right into the right into the intensive care unit. She never had diabetic ketoacidosis from that moment on. It never came back. That which centering into the hospital didn't exist. She tested, it was gone. She had to stay and we had to walk it out. She went into ICU, but the miracle happened then. Great faith will change things in your life. There is no impossible, hopeless situations. There's only people who've grown hopeless over them and have given up. Persevere. Hang in there. You pray for your family. Pray for your brother. Pray for your mama. Pray for your dad. Pray for your children. You're not being denied. You're being delayed, perhaps. But being delayed does not mean that you're being denied. The fire of delay is quite the fire. Because the enemy wants to mess with you. Wants to try to tell you that it's not going to happen. To be delayed is to allow God His perfect work on the inside of you. Patience. Come on, He's building you into a great man and a great woman of God. It does not happen like McDonald's for the love of Jesus. It does not. You've got to pray. You've got to pray. You've got to pray. You have to have a lifestyle of prayer. You have to have a lifestyle of giving. A lifestyle of sacrifice and putting your flesh down. Put your flesh down. Learn to control your flesh. Put off the old man with its lusts and its desires. Gentlemen, control your eyes. Ladies, control your emotions. Put your flesh down. Be persevering. Because the way that you're living, you will impart that to those around you, whether they're your actual children or those who are just friends with you. Everybody's watching you. Paul, in the midnight hour, began to sing psalms and hymns unto God, and God came and brought an earthquake, and all the prison doors and all the chains came off of all the prisoners. I promise you, there was a depressed guy who was ready to just wish he could beat his head against a rock, sitting there, hoping that he could die. But Paul and Silas were there. He watched, and all of a sudden, ching, his chains came off. I promise you, there's people watching you, you singing, rejoicing or not. You calling on God until He comes. And when He comes, that faith is then imparted to their lives, and they say, Goodness gracious, if He did it, if she did it, I can do it. I will tell you, I've sat in a service, I don't know how many years ago, many years ago, many, 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 newly saved. Really, I was just newly saved and just glad I wasn't going to hell and glad I wasn't all in the place that I used to be. Glad I had peace and joy. I was just so thankful to sing and experience joy. I mean, to me, that was like the most amazing, awesome miracle of all was that I could sing and His presence would touch me. I just could never get... I still can't get over that. <laughs> Is that not amazing that you could worship Him and He'll touch you just because He loves you? That was the greatest evangelistic tool for me. I'd reject Him. I spit on him. I live a week of sin and come back into church or skip church a couple weeks and then come back. I mean, I, I wasn't like on fire the second I got saved. I backslid three times, big time. Just thankful that God didn't give up on me. And neither did my mama. Every time I'd come in, his presence would touch me. And I think I would think to myself, man, you just won't leave me alone. 
You just love me that much. I did all this other stuff to other people. They, they, shoot, they cut me out. I'm out of the will, out of the family. I don't no longer belong. I did all that stuff to them. They, they just rejected me. I've been doing that to you, and you still want to wrap your arms around me. His presence, his love to me was like, I'm not going away, no matter what you do. I love you. It won me. It won me over. That was the greatest message I ever heard. His presence on my life every time I walked in a building. Sitting in a service, Michael Gannon preaching. He wasn't quite as crazy as he is now. He, But he began to tell me how he was on like 10 grams of cocaine. Dying, overdosing in his apartment. FBI looking for him. Part of this big cocaine ring in Los Angeles. He was wanted by the FBI. I mean, his testimony is amazing. He sits there. He's dying, having a heart attack. And the Lord speaks to him. And I, I'm paraphrasing as I remember it. He says, you're going to hell right now unless you call on me and give your heart to me. So he gave his heart to Jesus, got saved on 10 grams of cocaine. All the effects of the cocaine left his body that minute. God called him into ministry. And you know what God did for him? He doesn't even have a record. Not only that... God expunged his whole record, wiped the whole thing out, and then he ended, he ends, he's an FBI negotiator. He was wanted by the FBI. He's an FBI negotiator now. They call him to talk people down out of, you know, situations. You don't ever want to get to negotiating with that guy. It's terrible. It's like a Holy Ghost FBI trained sniper negotiator. It's, you know, he's gonna, it's going to roll his way. I heard that testimony and I thought to myself, dude, look at him. He ain't all that. If he did it, I can. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Your faith will impact this next generation, ladies. Man, the faith of this Canaanite woman, I, I promise she was impacted, made an imprint on her daughter. No matter what you're going through, Overcome every obstacle. Don't make excuses. Set it right tonight. Settle it here and now. That God is good. And He wants to bless you. But you have some things. I don't understand it all. But you need to persevere. You need to persevere. And faith will win the day. Faith, hope, love greatest of these is love. Because without love, your faith is good for nothing. One more, and I have one more scripture, and then we'll close. Michael, would you come, please? I want you to turn to Exodus 29, 29. Exodus 29, 29. It's a scripture I have uh, touched upon many times before. You need to underline it in your Bible, all right? Underline it in your Bible. I will read it to you. It says, The holy garments of Aaron shall be his sons after him be anointed therein. And we've done an illustration with people coming up. Daniel, would you help me please stand up on your feet, son? So let's say that I'm the high priest. Psalm 33. Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. Stand right here. For there God commands a blessing. 
like the oil running down the head of Aaron, down his beard, onto his garments. It's a, it's a priestly anointing. The garments of the high priest would be anointed. I haven't studied this entirely, but the priest would be anointed and the, and the, the garments that he would wear would get oil on it. Now the high priest had sons and in our New Testament case, sons and daughters. We're all priests. Somebody say, we're all priests. The picture is in the Old Testament that the the high priestly garment would be his sons after anointed therein. In other words, I was the high priest. I was anointed. These garments then get passed to my son, my daughter. And then fresh oil gets poured over him and that oil comes down his head onto him, his garment, which was my garment. It's a picture, thanks. It's a picture of a synergy of anointing. God wants to move your families. Here's the word of the Lord. The Lord says even tonight, if you will unite your family at home around your altar at home, make an altar at home. And if you will gather your families, your your wife or your husband, your sons and your daughters, and you'll gather them around an altar at home. Bake an altar. Rebuild the altar in your house. And as you gather them and begin to pray forth the promises and the things that I've laid upon your heart and that which I've written with great clarity in my word, as you pray them, I will release a synergy of anointing that'll be like a two-edged sword to smite the enemy and to release my favor, my blessing, and, and my goodness in your life, in your home. And you will see a greater breakthrough than you've ever seen before. Some of you are holding the, holding the torch of prayer, but you're the only one in your house holding it. If God can get a group of people, if God can unite a family, in Genesis 29, 29, the garments that therein will be anointed therein, that there will be a synergy of anointing. I've shared this before, but... And they have these horse pulling contests in Canada. There was a horse that pulled 7,000 pounds. Another horse that year pulled 8,001. They said, you know what would be great? Let's put them together and see how much they can pull. Now, 7 plus 8 is 15,000 pounds. Now, by normal mathematics, these two horses, one that pulled 7, one that pulled 8, would pull 15,000. No. They put them together, and the two together pulled 21,000 pounds. It's a picture of synergy. It's a picture that if two people can agree touching anything in the earth, it shall be done. It's a picture if one can put 1,000 of light, two can put 10,000. It's a picture of synergy. God wants to release your family from bondage. But if you, if you don't unite and come into agreement with a brother or sister, I mean, come on, you plus God's a majority. Amen. But the Lord would encourage you tonight to build an altar in your home. Get the word out. Look, if you haven't done it, then start it at at whatever infancy level you can. I mean, read a chapter in the Bible. And then pray. Lord, save Grandma. And have your kids pray. They don't know how to pray. Just, Just talk to God in reverence. Lord, help my daddy. Amen. That's a good prayer. Okay. 
Next. You know, I mean, start somewhere. And you'll see a release of God's power and that faith that God's building on you in the inside of you will be released to the next generation. And they will never forget it. The Gillespies aren't here, but I'm going to brag on Wade for a second. Wade, when his father was passing, his father's dying years ago, his father said to him, and his, 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 as I understand it, his dying breath, he said, son, live for Jesus. His father didn't seemingly live for Jesus up to that point. And now he's saying, what are you, what? What are you saying? He says, live for Jesus. Boom. He died. Do you know that was the greatest gift that could ever be given to a son? Could ever be given to a daughter is your faith being deposited in the next generation. So on Mother's Day, commit yourself. Commit yourself to walk by faith, not by sight, to persevere. Overcome your obstacles. Know that you're, you know, you might have imparted some things into your kids you wish you didn't. Am I the only one that's done that? We repent, we let it go, we put it under the blood, and you make good choices now. You model good behavior now. They'll remember it, and things will change. (laughs) Somebody say amen. Stand up on your feet, won't you? Just worship. Hebrews 11, 11, the last scripture for tonight. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength. To conceive. Everybody say strength to conceive. Strength to conceive seed. So she bore a child when she was past the age. By faith. Hebrew there, strength to conceive is yakim. wants to release strength tonight to the women absolutely to the men to the children gosh I have this sing from the Lord but I just uh, 
I need some wisdom on how to communicate it given the fact that we've got small ones here. Let's just pray in the Spirit for a second. just going to have to pull it out of the air. I'm going to go over the heads of all the little ones as best I can. It has been proven that when a couple comes together in marriage and then they're united in the covenant of marriage, in the act of the covenant of marriage, that their bodies are hostile one to another. Very rarely will conception take place. But there comes a period of time, over a period of time, there's an adjustment that takes place between the two that have become one. Are you all with me? And that their bodies don't reject each other, and then it's then that conception happens. Now, there's, there's some examples outside of that, of course, but generally speaking, that's the case. The Word of God is called the seed. Word of God is called the seed. A farmer went out to sow seed. The Greek word, you go look that up, the, the, the root of that seed, sperma, is what it's called. Now, the Word of God, the Word is like seed. Everybody say it's like seed. Okay. What has to happen on the inside of you is you need strength from the Holy Ghost to, to conceive from God. Now, I mean this in the most holiest term, so don't get weird on me. That God wants to release His seed, the seed of the Word. Some of you need to renew your mind. The seed of His Word, and when it comes in you, what what does it become? It becomes the kingdom of God, is what it becomes. And if you don't have structures on the inside of you to receive the seed of the Word, then you will never grow big and strong in God. You will never become somebody who walks in dominion, walks in power. You need structures. You need things in place so that you can receive the Word, so that you can take every thought captive and make it obedient, so that you can renew your mind. You cannot continue to think the way you're thinking and walk in victory. You cannot do that. It won't work. If you're sick and tired of the way that your life is, well, then start living differently. Get yourself in a place to receive strength. Get yourself in a place of faith. Get in a church like this. Get in an altar. Get in the altar in your home. Unite your families. Unite the kids. Unite with your wife or with your husband and begin to pray. Begin to fast. Learn what it is to touch the hem of his garment. Learn what it is to get the rhema word of heaven and make decrees until things change. Listen, God is raising up warriors in this hour. He's calling you. He's calling me. Will you say yes? Will you receive strength tonight? Or will you ride on and just hope that it's going to come together for you? God wants to release strength. Come on, just ask God right now by faith to release strength to conceive from God. Jesus! Jesus! Jesus, release strength tonight. Jesus, 
I come against the assignment of the enemy tonight that would bring discouragement and weariness. Release the Yaqim. Release strength and might from heaven. In the name of Jesus. Put your hand on your heart. Fire! Burn it all away, Lord! an anointing here. The presence of God's here.
Lord's touching people all over this place. Yield. Yield to Him. Yield to the Spirit of God. Yield to the Spirit of God. Yield to Him. Sweetheart, go get your mama. Send the office. Karen, you're online. I believe if you'd come in here, please. Just worship him. Worship him, worship him, worship him. Worship Him, worship Him. Let Him take you. Let Him just take you. Marissa, come here. That's the Holy Spirit. Just slide right on out. Listen, I'll just join in with what God's already doing. Lift your hands. Oh, my. That's a good thing. Fire of your Holy Spirit. Fire of your Holy Spirit. Come here, Edna. Come and just bless her. Minister to her. Let him touch you. Let him touch you. The Holy Spirit's here. He wants to touch you. Come on, don't rub her neck. Don't just look around and wonder what's going on. God is here by His Spirit. He's here by His power. Come on. Come on. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Jesus, Jesus. Lord, we bless you. Sarah, I, I have a word for you. Sarah, would you come here, please? Okay. Lead us in something really from heaven. All right? Anything.
When you spend time in His presence, He changes you. When you spend time in the presence of God, He changes you. His presence is here tonight. You say, well, isn't He always here, Pastor? Yes. But there comes moments when His presence is perhaps stronger. I don't know. I haven't figured it out. 
don't think I ever will. I just know that He's good and He's rolling through here like a river. And if you'll just receive, service is almost over, but it should never end. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Church in your car, in your home, you walk with Him, you talk with Him, you abide with Him. Just let Him touch you right now. Let Him touch you right now. Let Him touch you right now, Lord. Touch baby hope right now, God. We pray for hope. Come on, reach your hands towards her right now. God, we pray. Every problem would go. Do a miracle. Bring her off all of those tubes and everything. In the name of Jesus. Release healing. There is... At least one person here, and we'll, we'll close with this. I didn't preach long. It's 10 of 8, and there's nothing on TV. I'm told the restaurants don't close till 10, so don't freak out or anything. It's all right. It's at least one person here. At least one. And you just feel like you've just blown it too many times. That there's just you just made too many mistakes, and... You don't know how God could ever turn it around or even forgive you. And so there's a numbness that you feel, a sense of hopelessness and despair. Let me tell you, if you're under the sound of my voice and you're listening to what I'm telling you right now, then you have not gone too far. And God, through this bald-headed preacher in a t-shirt, is reaching out to you to tell you how much He loves you, how desperately in love with you He is. And He's beckoning, He's yearning for you to come and receive His embrace. But you have to step towards Him. Yes, coming into the building was a step. Or tuning online was a step, absolutely. But take the next step. Receive His forgiveness as you repent and ask Him to forgive you. Let Him come upon you. He has a wonderful life. No matter what has happened, He can turn it around. There is no impossibilities with God. Nothing's impossible with Him. He can give you joy for sadness. The oil of joy for a spirit of heaviness. He wants to give it to you. Is there any person here like that right now? I'm asking boldly. I don't want you to pull somebody else's hand. They have to say, that's me. Anybody, who is that? What, one person at least in here. Anybody? Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Just talk to Jesus. Receive strength. Receive His love. Let Him wrap His arms around you right now. Thank you, God. Those online, perhaps, they give you praise, Lord. Thank you. Praise you. In the name of Jesus, would you put your hands together for the Lord? Take someone's hand all across this place. Take someone by the hand.
Thank you, God. Happy Mother's Day. Hallelujah. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Let us walk with you all through the week. Bring us back, God, even Tuesday night, 7.30. Roll away the stone of impossibilities. Gosh, I need to say this. Jesus showed up exactly on time. Three days, Lazarus was dead, and they said he stinks. And he said, I'm on time. Does that shock you? To us, he's three days dead stinking. To him, he's right on cue to receive maximum glory. And God will stack the cards. Watch this. God will stack the cards against himself and show up at midnight hour just to say that he'd get the maximum glory to go, Oh, my goodness, that had to be God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He's coming through. He's rolling the stone away. He's moving on your behalf. Come on, somebody say amen. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. Give them peace. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Tuesday night.